Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. I'm Drew, and this is the only podcast where we can guarantee that the only thing that you'll hear is mediocrity. That's right. The only podcast that guarantees mediocrity, regardless of any other podcast that boasts it. Unfortunately. In any fashion. Tom has discovered... <laughs> um clearly a a podcast that has been impersonating us for years yeah way before we even began this podcast yeah called what is it tom uh a mediocre time with tom and dan ripoff artists if i've ever heard it so yeah but you should check out their podcast should should me and tom try and get together and do like an like no i don't want to what's okay so that would be you're gonna hate it with tom and tom that's yeah, what that's, it would be <laughs> that's an accurate description of my my feelings towards that particular yeah podcast. uh and other big news besides uh people masquerading around as our mediocrity yeah hi sweden hello or as they say in sweden valkomen which means welcome welcome yeah welcome in I hope I said that correctly, but we're so I I checked the analytics. Um, I, early this morning We've reached saw, another country. We we're spreading out, and so we're That's so right. stoked that we have uh, people listening in both Germany and in now Sweden and and the United States. We're happy about that too. But yeah, you know, I thought that went without saying, you know, but like. Yeah, but you gotta anybody. let them know, otherwise they're gonna. Some of them will probably get a little concerned. Kiss, sure. but know. like, I don't know anybody in Germany and Sweden, so it's a it's a great honor. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. The one time, at least. We hope to make it a. We hope uh, it's a, we have a second time. Enjoy your stay, or at the very most, uh, have an okay time. Yeah. The fact so, that they can draw any enjoyment from you and I just talking to each other is well, we don't know that they did. Nearly shocking. Well, we hope so. I mean, what if what if they're like, uh, this person, I don't like this person. I'm gonna recommend this podcast to them because I hate sure. it. I don't care. No, that's fine. I'm fine with that too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, let's let's have that ball get rolling. <laughs> yeah. But if if we do have some repeat listeners from you know either Germany or Sweden, please email us and let us know what it is that you are enjoying or if you have any questions or you'd like us to discuss some particular topic, we'd love to hear from you. It's yeah. mediocre conversations at gmail.com. Yeah. Don't be shy. Please. Yeah. Please do not be shy. Right now <laughs> we strive on other people asking us questions outside of uh, the podcast. It is filling a lot of our content creation. Although it's, what I liked about last times was, uh, we started by talking about some stuff yeah. that Mr. Winkle, Master Winkle had sent to us, which led to an hour conver- an hour and 25 minute conversation on the podcast and an hour conversation after the podcast. <laughs> well, we figured it out though. We got, yeah, close. we got it. Yeah. We got down to it. There's brass tacks. So, yeah. <clears throat> but to be fair, we, Master we Winkle it. did, did put about 21 separate questions in his. Yeah his email so which i appreciate because then that gives me a little quiver of uh little 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 nuggets to pull out yeah in case of emergency so today's episode is kind of in that same vein tom where we had a a mutual friend pose a question to me master savage master savage um shout out to steve and well let's throw both first and last name on there well chris was unhappy when we didn't put his out there that's 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 true, but you never know. I don't know how anyone's going to react to. I'm well. I know us that telling I, Germany and Sweden their their last first and last names. Holy shit! Iowa popped on there. Hey, Iowa, represent well, home state. Finally, home state. Rapid, Although Cedar yeah. Rapids, I don't know fuck all in Cedar Rapids. So whoever <laughs> you are, thanks a lot. The worst of the Rapids in the great state of Iowa. But he, um, so Master Savage posed us a question 
And I wanted before we say what it is, I wanna I wanna preface this conversation because it's it's gonna be a little bit more serious, I hope, than oh ones we typically do. So you and I like to joke around on the podcast quite a bit. And I certainly have a sense of humor that can be misinterpreted as, as how I actually think and feel about things because I'm pretty dry. Oh yes. <clears throat> but today's today's topic is one I don't really want to joke around with oh, and that is he's telling me that everybody yes. he's telling me right not to joke around well i'm just saying that i'm he's setting the tone a little bit yeah all right but well i'm pretty much convinced though that you could say anything to anybody at any time and they, and they would be like oh you're adorable and then if i said the exact <laughs> same thing they they'd kick me that, off the... i think i have to be face to face with them and have a little bit of time i think oh, i'll i could definitely sound like an asshole if you're just listening to my voice, do you remember? Do you ever watch the movie Anchorman? Of course. Yeah, I just want. Well, I want to double check. Okay. So there's a scene there in Anchorman where Jack Black kicks a dog off of a bridge. Yeah. I know a guy who is so charming that if he showed up at a party and just kicked the dog, everybody'd be like, "Oh, John, what are you doing?" Yeah. Yeah, it must be a, just an addictive thing to have as a part of your personality. Well, the problem is though part of that charm is not realizing that you have that ability i think oh well i guess there's always a downside i guess but anyways so i could accidentally kick the dog and they'd they'd be fine with it and i'd be like i'm so sorry yeah you get away with it i'm sure right right but anyways master savage um asked the question to us uh and he said is there racism in star wars like in universe are there groups of people who look down on others simply because of their race their species Mm -hmm. and so i thought about it a lot and so what i what i said to him was yes there absolutely are and i wanted to talk about a little bit at least a look for a little bit today on the podcast because we do want it to be fun so i want there to be some fun probably closer to the end yeah we'll bring it down and then we'll We'll do our damnedest to try and turn it back around. We'll get it back to medium, everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> now, um, this is the first I'm hearing of this because the only text I got was someone asked to talk about race. And so yeah. I was like, yay. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to put you to it this week a little bit. Yeah. So um, now the, the original movies did get some criticism for have being predominantly white and all of the characters all of the non-alien characters are they alien do we call them aliens do they count as aliens well they're not human no i mean so i i think it's probably the best word for them because if you use something like non-human it can be alien just means foreign right correct and we are jumping onto so many different worlds and so many different galaxies that it's not really touched upon whether or not they are, are or are not from there right correct so they may not be aliens at all right just from my narrow-minded view or narrow Mm -hmm. view not necessarily narrow-minded i'm open to it but sure i believe you thank you so i wanted to touch on this in two ways number one the way that you just that you just proposed which is that um the films received criticism for how Mm -hmm. they were written and constructed and then i wanted to answer steve's question master savage's question his name's steve savage about uh about uh, in in the actual story is there racism so his question is easier to answer so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that quickly yes there is and so the way that it is portrayed predominantly is that when emperor palpatine and darth vader form the empire they basically take any non-human or alien out of any kind of prominent role in the government or the military. There are very few exceptions. The exceptions are cool. Like Grand Admiral Thrawn is one of the few people at very high levels of authority in the Empire who is not a human. He's what's known as a Chiss. And basically the only difference between him and a human is that he has blue skin and red eyes. And that's about it. Like there's no physiological difference that you can easily discern by looking at him outside of his skin and eye color. 
So that's not why they allowed him to stay, right? Because they allowed that's the him, difference between right. So Palpatine right allowed now. him to keep his position in the Empire because he's a he's a literal genius. Yeah, he is a tactical and strategic wunderkind. He's there's really no one better than yeah. than Grand Admiral Thrawn. So now he's is, keeping him around. Is this is this a um, attribute of Chiss in general? Like, are they generally just a, a more analytical? I'm so happy or anything like that. I'm so happy that I get a chance to talk about the Chiss because they're (laughs) one of my favorite races in Star Wars. Okay. So the Chiss live in a place called the Unknown Regions. It's a place where, like, the government, the Galactic Republic, we don't really know what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And so the Chiss appropriately named them. Yes. So the Chiss have very little contact. And so what we know about the Chiss is that their society is is, uh, divided into houses. And those houses are roughly responsible for things like one house would be responsible for commerce. One would be responsible for like diplomatic relations. One would be responsible for dot, 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 et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Interesting. So um, Thrawn's name, uh, Chiss have, um, their name is developed into three parts. So like we would have a uh, first name, a middle name, and a last name. We're all considered separate. And so do they. But they're only referred to by their core names, which they consider to be the middle part of their proper name. Interesting. So his middle, the middle, the core name, his core name is Thrawn. His real name is Mithron Naraudo. So Naraudo would be his last name, and that myth. would be his family name. Yep, his surname, and then Myth or Myth. It's M I T T H, I believe. Okay. So, I would say then- Myth. Myth, and then Mythoth. his middle name is Th- yeah, so it's like Mythithron. Yeah. Okay. So very cool idea. I liked it a lot. Um, and so when we first meet Thrawn in the series of books that you're reading, The Heir to the Empire, yeah, um, he has um, come to resurrect the Empire from its defeat by the New Republic. And then they have now retconned that character with a different origin story so that he can be in the new canon, which was great. And so part of that new origin story is that the Chiss do not believe in offensive military action. They don't launch preemptive strikes. They don't fight first. They don't shoot first. It's all defensive. But they are also super sneaky and very, very intelligent. So if they can provoke you into shooting them first, well, all of that's are off. Like, honor satisfied let's get going you know mm-hmm. so thrawn does not believe in that thrawn believes that if there is a stratagem that is appropriate for a situation you should use that stratagem regardless of what it is he calculates all angles not just the not just the retaliatory angles absolutely and so he basically ascended um through chis military service and um got himself into a situation in the old canon where he needed a reason to launch a preemptive strike against this other dangerous race that we don't know anything about. And so he manipulated the situation to allow him to do so. His bosses basically were like, hey, that's super not cool. We don't do it that way. And like kind of came down on him. And so like he got himself into a situation where he had to leave and he ended up being discovered by the Empire and then swore fealty to emperor palpatine and then he allowed him to continue to rise up through the empire's military structure and he's basically like they write him like he's basically the sherlock holmes of the empire he's amazing um but he's not human and so throughout the rest of the empire's military and political structure palpatine who despised non-humans basically moved them out of any key role so they had less and less influence until he eventually right at the beginning of episode four disbanded the senate so people literally no longer had like representation in the government and gave control of these different regions of space to moths who were almost singularly human so there is i i would consider that to be racism is there a reason that palpatine disliked non-humans i think it's just about like he's a megalomaniac yeah and i think that he sees himself very much as like near perfect because like he he has a goal to live forever 
right that's, that's actually a goal of his you know and he almost gets it like right it's shocking how close he comes and so i think that if you're a person like that you you feel like you could you see success in people who are like you okay you know like <clears throat> i'm not sure i'm not a megalomaniac but like mm. i get the well i get the feeling that um Star Wars doesn't take huge stances on very volatile issues. Sure. And I think that this was their original way to say, like, in this way, there was racism in, in Star Wars. Uh-huh. And so it was very easy to pin all the negative ramifications and repercussions of that on the chief villain. So is it just sort of like a, a building block for why or how bad he is? Yeah. Like, not only is this guy, like, he'll kill yeah. people and, like, destroy democracy, but he'll also, like, make life extremely difficult for anyone who doesn't look like him. So, mm-hmm. so if you're, if you, like, if you look at, like, um, the movies, like, the original trilogy, and especially, like, the sequel trilogy, they don't have non-humans on the bridges of any of those, like, Star Destroyers. Yeah. You know, they're almost all human. Like, they're happy to let non-humans do the grunt work they don't want to do sure but like if it comes to like i'm the person giving orders or i'm the one that's going to get praise for this this thing that we accomplished like they're almost all human so yes racism exists in the story of star wars mostly humans are the bad guys in that from a certain point of view now uh are there were there some races that you to your to your knowledge that could not or would not become jedi i know there's that one race that fucked up so bad they completely got cut off from the force but like yeah yeah the the vaughn Vaughn. v-o-n-g yeah okay we're on the same page good did i say it wrong i don't know i Mm, interesting correct me okay uh, but are there others that like either just wouldn't never displayed the type of um, midichlorian <laughs> saturation necessary or um, there are there are races in the galaxy in the in the canon of Star Wars that almost universally dislike Jedi so even if they had someone who was yeah. force sensitive, I don't think that I think they would make like, an effort. Uh, Darth Maul's race. So Darth Maul is a Zabrak, or yeah. if he's from a certain planet, yeah, in uh, in and around Dathomir, he it might you also might call them an Iridonian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, a Zabrak. Because so, I know a couple of Zabraks show up in like Clone Wars and stuff, right? Like they not do just Darth Maul. Yep. So they're um, so they have shown up like so in the trailers for one of the first trailers for the online MMO. Mm. Um, Bastila Shan's um, what's her name? Satil Shan's master was an Iridonian or a Zabrak, and then they give Darth Maul a brother named Savage Opress, who was also a Zabrak. Mm-hmm. So they're they're around. Were they were they? more aligned to the sith so i think that what happened i don't think that they're naturally more inclined to the dark side mm-hmm. the problem with both savage and maul was that they grew up on dathomir which is run by a dark side cult called the night sisters oh okay so they it's a matriarchy so it's essentially if if they'd grown up on some other world that was ran by jedi knights or jedi masters or at least there was like a a jedi coven close by i'm not sure what you refer to them as sure a cloister sure Uh, that's that's probably better than coven i imagine yeah a cloister then there's a good chance that they would have been jedi or at least open to that so there it's not like they have uh, a better calling or, or or more sensitive to dark side forces it's just that that's the world they grew up in pretty much 
And so, like, if you think about the stories where Jedi take place, no matter if it's a video game, a book, a comic, or the movies, something that's almost guaranteed to happen when the Jedi go somewhere is that shit's going to blow up. Sure. You know, and so, and then what do they do when they're done blowing shit up? They leave and they don't come back, you know, and then it's like, hey, go pick the shit up that we broke, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that has happened to varying degrees on a lot of worlds. And like, there's, there's collateral damage in the form of like people's lives in their work and a number of other things, you know, it's expensive to build a building again, you know, or a bunch of ships, you know? So for those reasons as well, there are planets and races that are, you know, predisposed to not thinking of the Jedi in a very high light because they've created damage on their planet and then didn't take responsibility for it when they were done. And so that's understandable. Um, The Sith themselves. Why wouldn't they? I think you're going to hate this answer. But like, I think that the idea is, is that they're performing a service that can't be really performed by anybody else. And that's kind of the like, it's You're really, going to have to fix this Galactic Republic. Sorry. It's, it's interesting to be so self-aware and self-unaware at the same time. I mean, it's I a, assumed that that was roughly what the answer was going to be. Yeah. Like, this is the cost of business. Pretty much. You know. But to just to be like... <laughs> you, they, there's a car with a family of orphans in it careening off... And they like take another family of <laughs> other orphans and they <laughs> smash it in front of them to stop them from going yeah. off the cliff. Right. It's just like, all right. Well, we job well done, you know, a plus. Yeah. You're Full welcome. Uh, there are to that was a terrible you, analogy. I understand. It was, everybody. I it like was it terrible. I, yeah. A lot I'm of sorry. kids died. So, <laughs> well, that was what I was going for, but no one's going to stop a van from going off a cliff with another van smashed in front of it. It's inaccurate. I'm just heading off of all of the hate mail we're going to get. Yeah, good. I'm happy about it. I wouldn't get it. But um, there are races in the galaxy like the Masasi, um, which were predisposed to the dark side of this force and eventually were bred in order to heighten their force sensitivity. So basically, yes, like the, the, the question that you pose, like, there are there are um, people in the, in the galaxy that don't like the Jedi for reasons beyond the fact that they're Force users, and there are people mm-hmm. in the in the galaxy that hate the Jedi because they are Force users. Right. So yes and yes. So what you don't see a lot of in Star Wars is like um, Wookie trash, you know, or like uh, stupid filthy Jawas or something like that. Oh. You know, like you get, you might get something like. You're trying to slurs? Are you trying to get to slurs? I'm trying. Yeah. I'm basically saying like what I'm trying to highlight here is that like humans take front and center in Star Wars. They're almost all of the main characters, whether no matter what medium you're talking about. Do you think we want to identify with? Yeah. Okay. So like I wouldn't mind playing a Rodian, you know, like when I play like the MMO, like I'm not a human. I'm yeah. an Iridonian. I'm like I'm like Darth Maul. Okay. But like my skin pigmentation is like green. Mm. It's like a light green as opposed to like red or yellow, which you know, or something like that. But like I don't mind that, you know. So I don't need to picture myself and look like myself in the the medium in order to have it's interesting that we time. do that. And then movies like Shrek and any Pixar movie are so popular because we're like, guys. <laughs> It needs to be human, and we prefer it to be white, except for the cars, the bugs, the yeah. the what the toys. You know, what? Nope, right. even the toys. God damn it! Uh, <clears throat> yeah, a little hard that's, to find examples. That's that's really interesting. That to some degree, we want it to be exactly a specific thing, and. That kind of leads for, me into for a point. Dumb reasons the more you talk about it. It is. Well, so that kind of leads me into a point I wanted to make on the other side of Master Savage's question, which is mm-hmm. Is Star Wars inherently racist? Yeah. So uh, before you 
before you do that, I just want to say real quick, uh, if we offend anybody with our uh, unbeknownst to us or because of our lack of knowledge and or tact and or uh, awareness, we apologize immediately. Yes, we are. This is not intentional in any way, shape or form. No, any. No, we we are. We would love to hear anyone else's take on it. If we if we screw up, please tell us. Please email us. Yeah. Uh, I would love to be corrected on any part that I need corrected on within this matter in any way, please. Right. So like you and I have talked about like a number of times, like how to bring like aspects of the story into your real life. Well, mm-hmm. one of the things that like the Jedi use the force for is to, to gain knowledge. Right. So if we can use this podcast oh, sure. to learn about someone else's experience or what they think or feel about something, that's so much to the, that's to the good. Right. So absolutely, please let us know. I will I will retract anything or correct anything from here on out. If I get an email a year from now, like, hey, you fucked up on episode 14, whatever this is, I yep. will I will apologize on the next available opportunity. Excellent. <laughs> and I will anyway. He holds me to that bar as well, folks. Yeah. So we're we're a pair here. That's right. But you just made the point. Um and I've lost it, so our apology was so long. But so let's sorry. talk about the other the other side of the right. Fence. That's what you're talking. Yep. Yep. Um, as long as Star Wars has been out since the since 1977, people have asked, "Is it inherently racist?" Mm-hmm. So I read a couple articles in preparation for talking about this from the other point of view, and so I should say before we get started that I don't view it as inherently racist. I don't know if that's because it's, it's coming from my perspective. So, right. I don't know how to, how to gauge it from another person's perspective. I'm going to try. Is it possible? That right. It is. is it possible? That's what we're trying to discuss here. So when the orig- original trilogy came out, there were a number of topics brought up that would lend itself to be, is Star Wars racist? And I'm going to say real quickly that I get where they're coming from with these points because it doesn't take much to extrapolate the comparisons. Mm-hmm. So in Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, here are the people that use the Force. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, they're white. They're male, and that's it. Yeah. And then you have Darth Vader, who is the bad guy, and he's black. Sure. He's in a suit that is all black. So you have two <laughs> white guys and the bad guy is a black guy. Yeah. Now he's in a suit. You can't ski, you can't see his skin tone. And later we learn about who Anakin Skywalker is, but like that's a quick and easy comparative tool that was used to highlight the fact that people thought that Star Wars was inherently racist. Right. Another <clears throat> um thread i don't know what to call them trope i don't know that was used to indicate that star wars was racist was that jawas were jews they are a small group of people wandering the desert picking up trash trying to make a dollar on anything that they can make a dollar on <laughs> sure you know and so the same argument was levied against the Harry Potter series when they go to Gringotts Banks and it's oh, yeah. all small, short goblins yeah. who are counting their gold coins and who are in charge of the banking industry. So it's not just that, you know, people draw these comparative tools to anything that's in media because a lot of people see it. So the question you have to answer yourself is, do you feel like this is a, like the people who created these things are inherently trying to levy negative opinions against these ethnic and racial groups right and so we have jedi were inherently racist jawas were inherently racist and then if you jump to the sequel trilogy or to the prequel trilogy you get jar jar binks yeah and so this was a whole nother round of vitriol from people because they were upset and it's easy with jar jar to see why yeah i mean when i i was a teenager when I went to see Phantom Menace in the theaters and I literally could not understand 
what Jar Jar was saying the first time I saw the film. So like when he's saying things like Misa, Misa, like now I understand that what he's saying is it's me, mine, my, but like no one that I knew <laughs> or had read at that or had watched at that point ever used that kind of terminology to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a teenager, I had no idea that the way that he was acting could be, could even be construed as a negative stereotype of African-Americans. Right. You know, I, I had to grow up and like learn a little bit more about the world before I was aware that that opinion existed. And so I, when I went back and watched it, having now been given this new information, I had to ask myself, you know, is this racist? I think what it is, is that George Lucas wanted to create a character that would appeal to children. And Jar Jar is this very silly, he talks funny. He's almost got like this Looney Tune violence to his character. An innocence about him. Yeah. He's very naive to the, <coughs> to the world. Yeah. And I think what Lucas, I don't know, but like my guess is that Lucas thought those things would appeal to kids. <coughs> Which the, the actor himself has even mentioned that uh, his children are young mm -hmm. and they Jar Jar's their favorite character, not just because it's yeah. the dad, dad, but like, <clears throat> right. But like, that, that's just the one that they enjoy in that particular stage of their life. Exactly. And so I think it should also be said that the actor who played Jar Jar is African-American. Yeah. And that did lend to the idea that this was this very negative trope that he was portraying. Now I have a hard time believing that if he felt the character was <clears throat> going to be perceived in that way, that he would have participated in it. But I, everyone needs to a job. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, I, I think all, I don't know that when I, I don't think that today we, we can answer is this or that racist because we don't oh, yeah. know anyone else's um, um, point of view of it. We right. only know ours. So we're not, we're not in any way saying that if you think this is racist, you're wrong or anything oh, no. like that. Um, so we're not making any sort of claims one way or the other. I am just trying to, we're just exploring. Yeah. You're bringing up points that people have identified as racist and giving your take on that situation, but is it, or isn't it? That's some of these things are definitely up to who's watching it. And it, I have the beholder, right? It is not. Yeah. If we say we don't think it is or, or whatever, that's, that's not saying My it's not. singular opinion. Right. 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 I could be Listen, wrong. I, I'm very, <laughs> Clearly, this subject has me a little nervous. I'm trying to like. You are nervous. I know. It's kind of cute. I'm trying to uh, be as uh, inclusive as I can with all. It's a it's a touchy subject, right? It is I a mean, touchy subject. I'm not going to know anyone else's experience when they watch it or when they don't. So that's that's an excellent point. So that's what I wanted to talk about next. Is I when I watch these films or anything to do with Star Wars, like Book of Boba Fett recently. Mm -hmm. debuted you know uh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago and i've been excited because it's something new for star wars right yeah but almost all of my experiences with star wars are positive you know mm -hmm. and so i would i would i would love to know if there are people out i'm sure there are who have negative experiences because of star wars and why that is mm -hmm. because i like the message that I think that star Wars is trying to put forth is one that's inclusive. Right. We do have. So like I just mentioned the book of Boba Fett, like one of my complaints about the sequel trilogy was that all of the alien races that we saw in those three films were completely new to the star Wars universe. And there was no like touch point that you could, that you could, uh, you know, land on in order to feel comfortable with them because you didn't know anything about any of them and they didn't develop any of them in those movies. Right. It's weird to, it's weird to have a middle trilogy, which mm. the original one is right. right. Yep. And then 
try go go back and tell these origin stories but include like no linking sort of thing to the to the original right and you're just sort of starting a new story with all introducing all these other uh alien types whatever and whatever they do without knowing that we're not going to have them explained in what's supposed to be the later right stories of the original trilogy and then you know going from there exactly so now that we are getting these new star wars products these television shows yeah i'm excited because we are getting jawas tuscan raiders twi'leks rhodians Mm -hmm. ethorians um we're getting them all back yeah so um like there were a couple of new huts in this last episode of the book of boba fett and i was excited because we only really have one or two examples of that race throughout all of star wars content and they're the italian mobsters right the huts are mobsters almost to a last person so like here's another thing i mean like and you know now that we're talking about this they are very much portrayed as italians Mm -hmm. you know it's like they are they live in crime families like uh, like their planet that they come from is like a filthy, muddy bog. You know, like what are we really saying about right. these kind of things that you can kind of pull in? Like when it comes to the original trilogy and like Lucas is a like, in, you know, intended view for what this was, like what you hear about, like the influences on him that led him to create the story were all positive. Like mm-hmm. there, I cannot remember the guy, the cinematographer, the filmmaker from Japan that he um, emulated, <clears throat> but uh, he respected the way that 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 guy made films. Like he respected the way that like Kurosawa or something. Yes, Kurosawa. Thank you, Kurosawa. Yeah, Sawa. Um, he he respected the way that guy made films, and you can see parallels in hit in kurosawa's films and in star wars mm-hmm. you know one of the articles i read today um pointed out that the name jedi has roots in islam and oh interesting some of the it, it literally means like mystical warrior mm-hmm. you know well that's what they are i mean that's a great definition of you know so if he's i mean so when i when i hear things like that whether he's taking influence from kurosawa whether he's basing jedi upon this um you know ancient islamic tribe that used to i think still exists actually in some parts of the world you know i i think it's a way to honor those people because you are you know you respect what they have done and like how they maybe how they live their lives or it's another aspect about their their race or their culture that they've developed that you want to, you know, emulate, you know, and there's this saying that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Mm -hmm. Like I, I see it through that lens, but I could very easily see, you know, back in the nineties, if some African-American family went to the theater and here's Jar Jar Binks, I could imagine that maybe that was not a very fun, you know, two hours. in the theater you know you'd be like what is this you know Mm -hmm. so or like getting all getting a lot of the traits of jedis from monks and samurai and again you have a couple of white dudes at the top yeah you know just seems it seems weird to do it that way for sure I mean, Star Wars really is more of an amalgamation of a bunch of different things than it is any kind of original idea. Like, yeah. And when they made Star Wars, they didn't know they were making Star Wars. Exactly. Right. So, So like, that's, I want, I, I, we don't know what George Lucas would do with it. If, if you told him, like, by the way, this is the beginning to a, trillion dollar empire no pun intended right right like this what you are doing today is going to be is going from this is going to be thousands upon thousands of hours of other content from this right here right like this will be this is historical right so like to to think that you're just making a space movie 
and you don't know what's going to happen with it. You don't know that you have lightning in a bottle, right? You're just kind of, and, and, but maybe like, maybe the steps taken afterward highlight things that weren't in the first one, you know, like going forward the second or the fifth and sixth. And then were there changes made to the dynamic of it? to sort of so that we couldn't say the same things we can say about the first one you know it's a good question and so Thank almost you. all of my opinion is formulated by watching a documentary called i believe it was called empire of dreams it's on disney plus mm. it chronicles um lucas being it going through the process to get all three of those movies made mm-hmm. you know and the first one it was like none of the studios wanted to take on this idea none of like this kind of idea with like an orchestra behind it as opposed to like a like you know other how other films were doing their like music yeah there was all these like out of date things that you know studios did not think were going to resonate with viewers and they didn't want to financially if you you know you didn't want to bet on a losing horse right so they didn't want to put up money for it so you know it was a really it was a real struggle to get the first movie made and then you know, they were, you know, it was a huge success, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was easier to get the second one made. And then people started fighting over money in very real ways for the third one, you know, and then by that time, you know, in between the, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, like Lucasfilms took off and their, you know, their um, uh, effects department had taken over Hollywood and like they were basically, right. ILM was basically in every film and like, they were at the cutting edge of like technology and these different methods. And, you know, then they were established and now, now he could do whatever he wanted. So yeah. when he made the prequel trilogy, no one could tell George Lucas, no, because he was all the things that were the hindrance to him for his original movie. So he bought out the supply chain. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know, George, I know, very little about him to be honest i know that he went to usc i know that he's been incredibly stubborn with people to the point where like is like jesus christ would have to would have to come up to george lucas to get a point across and ask right (laughs) (laughs) you know he's so but like those kinds of people get you know are persistent and relentless enough where they can get their movie made right or they can get their podcast off the ground or whatever it is, right? Like he's given himself this platform. He had a good idea. It, mm-hmm. it, it has far surpassed anything that he could ever have dreamed of. And I think that when you have a platform like that, you're going to get it from all sides. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I support what I feel the message of Star Wars is. I don't feel that that message is racist. I don't believe that Disney, Lucasfilm, George Lucas are trying to put in deliberately negative stereotypes of races into the content. But I certainly do understand how those comparisons have been drawn and why someone would be unhappy about them. I don't know how to fix it. No, no. No. Now, classism is definitely a thing in star wars yeah it's it's not necessary i mean the the in-universe stuff is not necessarily like a caste system Mm -hmm. but like we only deal with the elite of the elite that's that's who's telling the stories right so right but they i mean it's also i mean all of the all of the heroes come from humble means right not really sure where you're going well just that. like like uh in in this han solo in solo yep. right that one's yep. very much like he dragged himself up from li- lives in the like streets the yeah and then you go and you see you see like the decadence of of, of, of like the the one percent of the one percent right they go mm-hmm. to this planet that is a gambling planet that or mm-hmm. you know and uh but yeah they all started him and and the uh queen of dragons uh mother of dragons sorry uh, yeah 
they start from the streets and they find themselves rubbing elbows at, at some point. And the, but Han's always going to be a smuggler. Right? Yeah, I mean, and like, I think that if I think that smuggling was was the Han's dream. Like he couldn't really see himself yeah. doing anything else. Like he he had always wanted the right, like the freedom to make his own choice. Right, like that's that's something a lot of people want. Right. It's one of the reasons he's so relatable. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So I've basically said I have basically said my yeah my piece. I hope I answered um, Master Savage's question. And if yeah. you if you have a take on anything that I've said or that we've discussed up until this point in the podcast, <laughs> please email us at mediocreconversations at gmail dot com. Yeah, we will respond to you. We will probably, probably on, on air. Yes. yes. So, uh, and we will be grateful for anything that you do submit, whether it's you guys are way off base or you guys hit a home run. Yeah. We we're happy to discuss your interpretation as well. I don't mind being wrong. I do mind being wrong, but I understand that you can't be right (laughs) in this particular conversation. So, So, yeah. So moving moving to a different subject. Now you mentioned that book of Boba Fett being out and everything. Well, you were quick on that transition. I mean, yeah, book I don't of have Boba much Fett. else. To, I don't have much else to say right now on it. I got you. Uh, so we have all these new series coming out, and this is some more um, some more stuff from Master Winkle. Shout out to oh, the good. third uh, unofficial the third member, member of the, of, pod, the yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. Um, do you think it's possible for the Star Wars universe um, oh, to become too big? I love I love that you're asking this question, and I love that he asked this question. Yeah. So my answer for me personally, no. I would watch football and Star Wars the rest <laughs> of my life and be happy about it. Because both of those things are deep enough and big enough to satisfy what I like to think about. So, Okay. With that, with that being said, like when you when 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 you hear that there's a new thing coming out, is there any part of you that's a little nervous that it's going to like throw some form of belief that you have about the whole system kind of out of whack, potentially in a negative way? So I guess when I, when you were asking the question, what I thought was. They would have to do they would have to do something very different with something that I hold pretty dear in Star Wars in order to affect my fundamental opinion and enjoyment of it. Mm-hmm. So here's one thing that they did that I was to this day still not happy with. So we know that Anakin falls in love with Padme Amidala. They get married and then they have Luke and Leia. Yeah. Um, and she passes away. And so we know that. Anakin was doing something wrong by having that relationship. We're, doing this We're starting this. No, up. I'm just. I'm, I'm setting I'm it up. I'm, I'm, I'm setting it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then in episode two, Attack of the Clones. No. Yep. Attack of the Clones. The, the fight on Geonosis <laughs> breaks out, and so Padme, Anakin, and Obi Wan are in one of these like. Yes launch speeders and they're like the, for whatever reason the fucking doors are open going Mach six or whatever it is and so and they got these little handholds like you have on the subway all right whatever they hit some turbulence or there's some sh- um, plane shooting at them uh it shakes a little bit padme flies out of the the yeah. plane lands on a dune she's fine she's totally fine anakin immediately wants to go out and save her right Obi-Wan gives him this like speech. It's like, no, dude, we got to stay on task, man. Stay on target. Right. And like, you'll be expelled from the Jedi order. We know how serious this is. And then years later, during the star Wars, the clone wars television show, years, Mm. something like year three or year four, we get introduced to this Mandalorian woman named Duchess Satine, who Obi-Wan knew in his youth when he was a Padawan. And they apparently had some kind of 
romantic relationship where it was basically alluded to that they were in love with one another. Interesting. And Obi-Wan at one point is having this heart. It looks like they're going to die. And so Obi-Wan has this heart to heart with her. And he's basically, he says, if you'd have asked me, I would have left the Jedi order and boy, howdy was I fucking pissed when he said that because up until that exact moment, Obi-Wan had been held up as like the poster boy of doing what you're supposed to do as a Jedi Knight. Mm -hmm. He was a by the book, follow the rules, you know, letter of the law guy. And he had counseled Anakin as such. And then they decided to give him an ex-girlfriend. Now I'm not unhappy with the idea that he's like a human being who makes mistakes and is just like, you know, he wants what you know almost all people want which is a connection to someone that they care about yeah my my issue with that is that i felt it invalidates a lot of what obi-wan does later yeah like you think if you would have told anakin about his long lost love or whatever if there would have been different different discussions made about hey by the way since you know how you had that girlfriend? Well, I married mine and right. she's preggers. Like, what do we do now? You know, you know, and Obi didn't, he didn't bring it up in conversation, but he didn't shy away from it either. Mm-hmm. You know, but like when he says, I would have given up being a Jedi to be with you, that really shook me. And it would take something like fundamentally changing my opinion of a character. Yeah. So in order to shake me when you hear something like that, because, and that's, I guess that's like the main meat of this question, which is like star Wars is such an ordeal now. I mean, it has, there's countless debates, discussions, podcasts, uh, their theory, people build, you know, build their own ideas up in the, in, and dissect and like, to think about have all kinds of philosophical conversations like we do on all of these things. There's so much theory and like brain power used to discuss these types of things. Like when they make a decision like that, that basically retcons somebody's personality. When you see something like that happen, do you look at it and be like, I cannot believe they fucked up Obi-Wan Kenobi here or fuck. Now I have to rethink how I think about this character because this is how it is now because they, because they wrote it in now, now it forces me to have to rethink and reform my opinions about somebody who for my entire life, I have thought a different way about. Yep. It's um, the answer is 100% yes to both of the things that you just said. Mm -hmm. And um, you've, you've heard the saying like, don't meet your heroes. It was kind of like that you know it kind of was like don't find out any intimate details of beyond what you they're your hero for don't pop the perception balloon otherwise you might be really fucked you know like right so i wanted to touch on both of the things that you said like the one that really shook me was so i'm very reactive like when i see something it's just like there's very little filter it's yes it's just i react with what i feel sure and so when they introduced this woman and she's not very likable. She's kind of stern and standoffish and she's very clearly upset with Obi-Wan and takes it out on him. And I don't know why. And then it was like, Oh, I'd leave the Jedi order for you. You terrible bitch. I was like, I can't believe that you're doing this. And so what my first thought was after finishing the episode was in the writer's room, they were sitting around and someone threw out the idea like, Hey, what if Obi-Wan, what if it's Obi-Wan's old girlfriend? Yeah. And I was like, you can fire that intern. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Obi-Wan QA dude was yeah. sick that day. He was out, you know, with a flu. Skywalker, Skywalker ranch is no longer accessible to you. You <laughs> jerk, you know, like, yeah, that's, that, that was what I thought. And so then, then I had to do what you said, which is I have to go back and reevaluate my opinion of this character. Cause I have this new information. If I don't do that, I'm not being fair. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm picking and choosing what I like and then holding it above things that I don't like. 
I have to evaluate with objectivity. And the, the, clear, the answer is, I think a little bit less of Obi-Wan Kenobi because it could, I mean, when Disney bought Lucasfilm mm-hmm. and reset the canon, they eliminated a bunch of it. Yeah. So you have wiggle room now to avoid doing stuff like that. You don't need to add in Obi-Wan's ex-girlfriend. I think they did it because Obi-Wan is so not shallow, but there's not a lot to him. Like he's there to be like the conscious of An- the, the consciousness of Anakin Skywalker. Well, he's pretty one dimensional, right? That's exactly right. He's very much one dimensional. And like, how do you tell Obi-Wan stories? Yeah. You know? And so like, but th- this one that they chose to tell really affects the overall makeup of the character th- throughout its entire history. Because if it's like, oh, I had my flirtation with like leaving the order for the exact same reason that you do, Anakin. Yeah. You know, and instead of doing what like you had mentioned, where it's like, hey, this is a thing that they could have like, let's campfire story this, you know, and like mm-hmm. have this moment where we kind of become even closer because we understand the struggles that we've had on a more personal level with people outside of the order. Right. You know, so anyways, that did not take place. But like when Anakin, so but when you go back and watch Attack of the Clones, you have to realize that Anakin, that Obi-Wan's already had that relationship. So then you have to ask yourself, is it, can you, can Anakin trust what Obi-Wan is telling him in that moment? Um, because he's like, Obi-Wan has already violated it. Yeah. And like, do as I say, not as I do. Or should Anakin take, you know, should, that, should Anakin consider that more because he knows where Obi-Wan is coming from and he's trying to give him the benefit of his life experience. Right. So like, right. to me, you're introducing the possibility of the, you know, do as I say, not as I do, which hurts the relationship between Anakin and, and Obi-Wan even yeah. further. And it's interesting, yeah. it's interesting to have such a base and then continue to write things that occur before because you want to keep those characters and use them. It's like, it it's a tough. really sh- shaky thing to do. Yeah. Because like once it's published, like that's it. Like this is truth now. Right. And so <clears throat> in that particular instance, if they'd written, an, if they'd written, Attack of the Clones, the the cartoon first, right. and then the movie. Do you think that that same uh, scene takes place exactly how is it how it did? No. So expand you, on that. Okay. <laughs> this is a talking podcast. We're gonna have to. We're gonna That's have to really let them know. Answer. No. Um, if you it's mediocre. Dig- give us a little bit. Not a lot. It's not terrible conversations. All right. We can I'll give do you a, that. I'll give but, you a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, just for you, buddy. Thanks. Um, uh, Tom and Dan, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Fuck you guys. You no. Our idea first. No, no. I mean, we love you. But go fuck yourself. We're a, we're, we're a community, a positive community, okay? Mm, I was not thrilled when he told me that you existed. I know. Um, you can't do anything about that, babe. They have 650 some episodes. They're really <laughs> pumping out content. Those guys are killing it. So when I told Drew, he was like, ah, who came first? And I was like, well, they're on like 650 at least. So I we're think catch- they did. What are we at? 14? Okay. Yeah. We're, we're double digits. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the world we live in. Okay. If you digest Obi-Wan Kenobi's story chronologically throughout his life, I think it does change hmm. the way that you perceive, or at least it would change my perceptions of what he does in each of those moments chronologically, because let me think about this real quick. So <clears throat> we go prequel trilogy. He's a Padawan. He'd already had the relationship with Satine at that point. Prequel trilogy ends. He becomes Anakin's, um, uh, master teacher master teacher um they go 10 years together attack of the clones happens 
So everything in the Clone Wars, no, that's not right. So I think that if you nailed the chronology perfectly, you would know, Anakin would know that Obi-Wan had had this relationship. Mm. What I know about Anakin Skywalker is that he's, whether it's correct or not, he seems to perceive what the Jedi are doing in a, in a, even if it's innocuous, like in in a kind of a negative light, like the council, like makes decisions that he doesn't understand or agree with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Obi-Wan is his teacher and like mentor. And, you know, he still gets upset that he feels like Obi-Wan is holding him back, you know? And so you could, you could, you could perceive that this new knowledge they've created about Obi-Wan Kenobi could further reinforce Anakin's responses as we see them throughout the throughout the entirety of Star Wars, but mm-hmm. I don't know that you needed to reinforce Anakin's responses. Um, they seemed pretty explainable in the story that you did tell. So to me, it feels more like that story was designed to be about Obi Wan. Yeah, but it puts a you know a blemish or like a letter of. You know, in his file or like a blemish on his record. Right. Yeah. And so like, I held this, I held this character in really high esteem. Like this is what can happen if you play by the rules, do your job and live like the way that, I mean, so now I don't have a good example of someone who lives by the, you know, who lives by the book. Well, maybe because that doesn't exist. So it's, I mean, we talked about a number of times, like how difficult it must be to abide by these rules. And this Yoda, maybe Hmm? Yoda maybe is like so far primest example. I mean, so like there's very little that we know about Yoda prior to the prequel trilogy. And so he's going to, he's been in, so I got the two high Republic novels for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read about those and those take place like a hundred or 200 years prior to the events of the films. And are so, they canon? Yes, they are. Okay. And so Yoda makes an appearance in those, but he's by that point he's been in the order for seven hundred years. Sure. You know, and like we honestly don't know much. I mean, like they've left information about him and his race ambiguous for a long time. So it would take them adding a new Yoda story to fill in those backgrounds, but in a way that would ultimately change my perception of the character. It's hard to imagine what they could do, but I mean, it's a lot of storytellers sitting in a room bouncing ideas off each other. They managed to do it with Obi-Wan and he's my favorite character. Are you somewhat nervous about the Obi-Wan show coming out? So I I am now, but like I, wasn't when they announced it but once i heard that hayden christensen had been added to it um, i became more nervous not because he's in it but because what that mean what that means was it's going to focus at least in some part on his relation with anakin well i've got 25 years of that sure i want to know what he did to protect luke on tatooine for two decades yeah that's the story that i was hoping i was going to get yeah. Now it looks like I'm going to get a different story. Like, I just don't give a shit. I mean, like, I'm getting, I mean, like, there's a lot that I want them to fill in the blanks with Star Wars, but like, Obi Wan Kenobi discovers Anakin Skywalker with Qui Gon Jinn, teaches him, fights by him, and then allows him to kill him. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. what he thought or felt about Anakin on Tatooine. Now, I think the mark of the show is going to be, can they get me to care about it? Sure. So I'm going to give them the opportunity to do it because I'm super amped that one of my favorite actors is going to play my favorite character in my favorite thing on earth. Like, so, but I was hoping that's a lot of pressure. It is (laughs) for me, right. For me (laughs) personally. Right. Right. uh, We've talked about going into things with high expectations. Yeah. But what I was kind of hoping for was like, I don't know, like him exploring Tatooine a little bit more, like we're getting with the book of Boba Fett, him making connections. Like, did he and Owen Lars like have some kind of communication? 
you know, I think that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there's like, there's just a bunch of room to kick around, but the, you brought back Anakin Skywalker. In some I, degree. Right. I just don't, I just don't, I mean like, and if it's, Hey, I mean, it's, so it's not just going to be some dude in a suit. Yeah. With them replicating James Earl Jones voice. They brought back Anakin. They brought back Hayden Christensen. Yeah. So we're going to see him not in the suit all the time. So you definitely want to tell an Anakin Skywalker story as opposed to a Darth Vader story. Otherwise you wouldn't care who was right. in the suit. I mean, Hayden Christensen didn't suit up for Rogue One. You know, like. Sure. So to me, those details were like, no. Yeah. But I, of all the stuff that they're coming out with, there's nothing that I'm just like, oh, I have no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to give all of it a chance. Yeah. I like, I like, I'm all about expanding the universe or knowledge of the universe. I am probably not going to get to all of it like you will. Uh, well, you're married. but I, uh, Yeah, and I, I'm the type of person that I like that it's there. I like knowing that it's available. That just means that there's more depth to it. Right. And then I have uh, someone like you who's going to be able to explain it to me. That's my favorite part. Oh, good. Is I, like I, get to, I get to just enjoy it <clears throat> through somebody who really, really, really enjoys it. It's a two-way street with us. Yeah. All right, we did it. Oh man, I'm gonna lose my. I got the coughs coming on. I know we got to cut it out of here now. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Please feel free to uh, send us any questions, comments that you have. Mm-hmm. We'll gleefully read them and then discuss them at some point. Yep. Probably the week after we get them. Most, most, almost assuredly, in some That's fashion. Been a pattern. Unless, unless we get to going and then it leads somewhere because we <laughs> never know. We really don't. It's but a, uh, the winding path we take. We hope you had an okay time, and uh, we hope to talk to you again next week. May the force be with you guys, and also with you. <laughs>